0: My gratitude to each and every one of you for making the effort to journey here to Oon Zendo. Um, as I know, it is an effort in many ways, not just the travel, but some of you have families, lots of obligations, distances that you have to go and to come here. Everyone has something that They can say, oh, maybe not today. (laughs) But you said, yes. One of my teachers would say, you support Sangha, Dharma, Buddha. Come what may. That is our practice. Come what may. So, come what may, we're here. And today I thought I would speak a bit about what we call our form. Uh, Some people call it a ritual. And some people who regard what we do here as a ritual don't like it. And uh, they don't continue to come because they don't like it. And that is fine. And however, sometimes there is a a misunderstanding about what, at least from my point of view, what we do here that some call a ritual. I would call it a form. That is, that we have a practice that is essentially invisible and some of the things that we do here give form to that invisible practice. Help us to hold it. Uh, When you come to Owen Zendo the minute you step into the Zendo you are stepping in to some sort of form much more so than lighting incense and bowing and uh, walking in Kin or hearing the Han. This this zendo is an artificial construction. These cushions are strange kinds of things. You uh, You probably don't have them around your house, Um, The way they're arranged is unusual. It's a very different kind of experience. Uh, The fact that there are shoji screens, that there's a Han. Just stepping in to this place is a kind of ritual act. Uh, But it's a form. It's one of the ways building this zendo where people can come and practice in this strange set of conditions is a constructed environment. Much as, let's say, you would go to a formal dinner and the table would be set in a certain way and there would be napkins and there, you maybe bring flowers to the, or some, sort of, you know, sweet or some offering. And then you all sit down and maybe toast or greet each other. So there's a there's a kind of form that is constructed to give um, meaning to something. <clears throat> um, when you go to a concert, you go in or the movies, you go into a a constructed environment. There's a stage, there's a screen, there's a conductor who comes out in a tuxedo, you know, as a baton, you know. <laughs> this is a kotsu. Um, our lot life is full of these sort of ritual rituals that we go through. Um, And those constructed environments are designed to hold a certain kind of experience. You go into a concert hall, it's quiet, there's a curtain maybe. There's a certain experience that you have when the curtain goes up, when the maestro comes out, <laughs> um, when the musicians, you know, kind of tune, like we kind of tune to each other, when we when we offer incense um, this is really what it is it's it's a this is a construction Um, i want to talk about two elements in this construction one is the bowing and the other one is the robe. these are the elements of this form that a lot of people have an objection to. They just, there's some, some sort of resistance there. <laughs> when we bow, we literally just throw ourselves down on the earth in an act of Offering, offering ourselves, just here I am in this humble position. When we lift the two in the full prostration, it's not just, oh, you know, I'm just sort of lowering my ego a little bit, like the bow from the waist. It's wow. Complete, complete. Not only am I completely just giving myself but I'm also holding up, as we say in our practice, the feet of the Buddha. Because the chakras, the feet are the lowest, the lowest chakra. And when we lift the lowest chakra of our highest self. This is all the Buddha is. We are. Giving away our egos. Giving away. All of our preferences. Giving away all our stories. And just. Raising up. The higher self. It's just a moment. Of humility. That's. All it is, but for some reason that moment carries a story for people. And we each have our story connected with it. (laughs) Oh, this reminds me too much of worshiping. You know, I don't bow to anybody. I don't bow to anything. I don't like this bowing stuff. You need to examine your resistance. Why? What story have you attached? You don't have to attach any story to this act. You can just give yourself in this moment to the floor. (laughs) Just be in this moment. When um, Suzuki Roshi came to this country, to establish the uh, San Francisco Zen Center, among other things. They bow only, in their service, three times in Japan. And after he was in America for a while, he said, no, this isn't going to be enough for Americans. Now they're gonna have to bow nine times. And so we do nine bows. Um, and it's, it's like forcing a tree down. don't want to, but again, Look at the story you're telling. Examine that resistance. What is that about? In fact, you know, sitting down on your cushion is about. For some reason, that doesn't bother people <laughs> as much as. Doing a, a bow from the waist or a full prostration, I suppose because when you're sh- sitting on your cushion, you're still the boss. <laughs> you're still upright, you know you're still in control, but it is a bow it's a it's a a downward motion onto the earth so. Okay The robe. <coughs> Bless you. So many people um, have a problem looking at this. <laughs> I, I do too, to tell you the truth. It looks imposing, authoritative. Different. Like you know, we're wearing these bib-like things. Um, not everybody is wearing them. Uh, and we're, we're, you know, we we live in an egalitarian, so to speak, uh, pre- you know, pretending to be an egalitarian culture. And um, you know, these kinds of distinctions are. I know, these are not kosher. They're not acceptable. <laughs> and it's you know. Who are you? Not so special. You have to sit here with your kotsu and your bib and your, your robe. Um, I wanna just share with you a little bit about the meaning of, of this robe, just to me, and the meaning of this raksu. Um, this is a raksu It's a miniature version of uh, this. Which is Priest's Road. um, Which I can just pass it around. And this is This is a a bowing mat also that goes, which I rarely use, mainly because so many people object to it. (laughs) But it's usually laid down uh, before the altar. And this is a priest's bowing mat. And this act, this, this robe and this rakzu, um was sewn by hand. Each piece was cut by hand and stitched by hand, one stitch at a time. And when you are sewing your robe, this is, this is a um, Koromo. This was sewn by my sewing teacher, but it was, it was done by hand. When you are sewing the robe, you are entering Buddha's teaching. Because the act of sewing his robe was a profound act on his part. Because what he did was he took all discarded materials and there are 10 different kinds of discarded materials. Um, Materials that are burned, that are chewed by an ox, that are gnawed by rats, that come from the clothes of dead people, street rags, and shrouds and any other, what they called in India, filthy rags that people <laughs> don't want and that are really discarded and, um, and uh, demeaned. They're just worthless. And Buddha sewed those rags cut them and sewed them into his robe. Thereby, I would say, sacralizing what is worthless for most people. And what is discarded by most people. Not seen as of any value. In fact, you know, it's filthy. They were washed, they were cut, and they were put together in a robe. And that act of making sacred what is ordinary or even worthless is one of the core elements of Zen practice. That is, there's no there's no dogma, there's no set of beliefs. It's, we just accept everything as it is. Even though, even the most worthless, thing, things that other people would pronounce worthless and to be, to be discarded. So, And when you sew your Raksu or your robe, both of these were sewn with other people. And other people have sewn Stitches in these. So when I put this on, and when I put that on, I am surrounded, wrapped up, protected by this teaching and all those who contributed with love to stitching. It's, it's sort of when you, like Juzon and Joshin and Jirin sewed together with Genryu, it's like a, an Amish quilting bee. <laughs> you know. It's, it's, it's something you do as Sangha or you do with a teacher, and it's a practice. It's, it's not just, you don't buy one. You can buy one, of course, because you can buy anything now. <laughs> You can buy a rock suit, you can buy a, a priest's robe, but that's not in our practice that we, what we do. Because we have to, each stitch is Namu butsu, Namu butsu, namo dai butsu, namo dai butsu, with others. I sewed this robe at the San Francisco Zen Center. People who were sewing with me, um, also stitched. People came, my daughter came, her friend came, my Dharma brothers from Dakoji came for an evening and participated in sewing some stitches. So when I put this robe on, I mean, we all have our costumes, you know. We all say, "Well, this is who I am," you know. I'm, I'm a yuppie, or I'm a hippie, or I'm a, (laughs) you know, whatever. Um, I'm a rapper, you know. I'm, you know, we're we're always. This is a kind of costume, but it has deep meaning. Um, When you're finished sewing your raksu, which this is this miniature version of Buddha's robe, Um, you're basically saying, I've put this effort in, hand done with full awareness that I am committing myself to Buddha's way. That part of my life, will be devoted to this way. It's like a marriage ring. It's like something you give to someone who you care about as a token of love or friendship. It's a gift. It's a gift. I've, I've accepted I've accepted this as part of my life and I'm going to give part of my life to this practice, to this way. When you sew a priest's robe, you are saying, not only is this a part of my life, this is my life. Everything I do is practice. It's not that practice is part of life, it's that life is part of practice. Not that practice is just a part of my life, but that my life is part of this vast practice. And so, one of the things that happens um, is that your teacher, your guiding teacher Inscribes, gives you a Dharma name, which means, could mean anything, you don't have to use it. Uh, But it means that you're a kind of different person. You have a given name, but you also have a name in the Dharma. Because we have a transformative practice. Our practice transforms us. And so, when you have a name, you when people call me Mado and not Barbara, it's like a bell. It's like, oh, that's who I am. And so it's it's a wonderful thing to have, to have a Dharma name. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Mado. And sometimes I, I do that for myself. I kind of look in my the mirror and I say, Mado, that's who you are, remember. (laughs) Just keep remembering that. You look like Barbara, but you're really Mado. And so your teacher will give you a Dharma name and give you something, some sort of saying um, that you are to hold Close. It's private. I'm making it public so that maybe, you know, there's a little bit more understanding. This is a um, this is a kind of um, friendship between your teacher, your spiritual friend, and you. Um, so your teacher will then take your roksu after you finished it. You. you sewn a blank panel and he or she will sit with your Raksu on his or her altar, personal altar. And just sit with your Raksu until your Dharma name appears (laughs) and until what you need to have inscribed on your Raksu appears and then your teacher will inscribe that. So, and then at the Jukai ceremony, we'll give this back to you. And though you may think that this, all of this paraphernalia is um, something really special uh, in, in, a, in a sort of objectionable way, to walk around with this, to know how to stand with it, to know how to sit with it, especially this boat buddha robe which wraps around in a crazy way. Maybe someday I'll put it on for our sitting, show you how completely awkward it is. <laughs> you it's actually a, a a cumbersome thing. It's it's not it's not like Oh, look at me! you know I'm really slick i'm really sharp, you know it's like oh you know, i I got all this material that I have to arrange, and every time I bow, I step on my hem, and you know it's it's really a it's not an easy thing to bear, <laughs> so don't be try it sometime. <laughs> Try, try bowing in this. Uh, try, try sitting in it. Try to walking around in it. It's. It reminds you, of how mindful you really have to be. You have to constantly pay attention, to where your flaps are. You know where your hem is. How your raksu is falling. You know, you're gonna get your. You're gonna, kneel on it, and then you're gonna, pull it off your. <laughs> Your neck, and your robe is always falling off your shoulder, and you're flinging it back, and it's—it's just—it's really part of practice for a priest. It's—it's it's like it's harder. <laughs> it's harder than it is for you to to be wearing this, and to be wearing this, not only to wear it. But when you go to the bathroom you have to take this off and hang it because it's, it's, a, sacred, it's a sacred object. When I travel, um, and I usually travel with my priest's robe and my raksu because I, I'm usually teaching uh, at Chicochi, so there are or on retreat and so there are ceremonies that require these things. You cannot put anything on top of these these envelopes of the Raksu and the and the rope. So when I go on the air, first of all, when I pack my my um, carry on, I have to remember to put this. Nothing goes on top of it. It's it's always on top. So it's a mindfulness practice remembering 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 that who I really am and what I've re- what my life is really and then of course when I'm carrying my my carry-on onto the plane sometimes I have to ask the stewardess the flight attendant to not to put anything on top mm-hmm. <laughs> in the compartments mm-hmm. please I'm I don't really want to have to explain this, <laughs> but it's important that nothing sits on top and i it's usually fine. don't have to explain anything, but I have to make this constant mindful effort to remember, remember, remember so um As I said, we all wear our costumes. The important thing, and I hope hope you feel that I do this, to wear them lightly, to wear them very lightly so you can see that I am really naked. So you can see my naked. And so, this is what we need to be for one another. Naked human beings, wearing our costumes lightly, but with deep meaning.